Right. Thank you, Brother Terry. Thank everyone. Thank you, choir, for sharing with us. And thank all of you for taking part in our worship time. If you brought your Bibles, turn to Matthew chapter 13. We want to look at only two verses there. And then we'll look at Isaiah 54. We'll bring these two verses together. Matthew 13, 31. And we'll look at 31 and 32. Then Isaiah 54, and we'll look at verse 2 and 3. Matthew 13. Another parable put he forth unto them, saying, The kingdom of heaven is like a grain of mustard seed, which a man took and sowed in his field, which indeed is the least of all seeds. But when it is grown, it is the greatest among herbs, and becometh a tree, so that the birds of the air can come and lodge in the branches thereof. Some translations say the birds can perch in the branches thereof. If you would turn over to the book of Isaiah, Isaiah 54. Isaiah 54, we'll look at verses 2 through 3. Isaiah 54, verse 2. Isaiah says, Enlarge the place of thy tent, and let them stretch forth the curtains of thine habitations. Spare not, and lengthen thy cords, and strengthen thy stakes. For thou shalt break forth on the right hand and on the left, and thy seed shall inherit the Gentiles and make the desolate cities to be inhabited. This is a very special day in the history of Mountain View Baptist Church. This is our church anniversary. Now, Terry, where did Terry go? Terry, come up here. I want you all to do something with me. We're going to sing happy birthday to Mountain View this morning. We happen to be 95 years old today. Y'all don't look that old, but that's how old we are. So let's, uh, let's stand, if you're able. Let's stand and sing this. Terry's going to sing, and we're going to sing happy birthday, dear Mountain View. Okay? Let's sing it together. Happy birthday to Brother Ralph, we don't have a cake. We don't have a cake today. I know he'd be wanting a cake. Mountain View Baptist Church was organized March the 20th, 1921, in a one-room schoolhouse in Spears Chapel Community, Spears Chapel, Alabama, near the city of Phil County. Today, Mountain View Baptist Church Faith Family celebrates 95 years of ministry for the kingdom of God. In 1921, a small group of Christians saw a need to organize a church in this community. And they called on a group of members 
from First Baptist Church, Phil Campbell, to assist them in this organizational meeting. Now, I have found a copy years ago of that organizational meeting of our church. And I want us to look at that at this time. I'm just going to read it, and you can follow along. It should be on your screen. Okay. Spears Chapel, Alabama, March the 20th, 1921. Now, this, this community, Spears Chapel community, they had a, they had a one-room school that was known as Spears Chapel School. And then all of a sudden, the school started consolidating and sending students to a new school in Phil Campbell. And they closed all these one-room schools. And the community felt like they needed a church here. And so they began to meet in that one-room school. So in Spears Chapel, Alabama, I thought it was kind of neat. If you, if you, had, a, if you had a school, you had a, you had a postmark. And I saw a letter at Frank Messerhead one time that was postmarked, Spears Chapel, Alabama. So this is dated Spears Chapel, Alabama, March the 20th, 1921. It is the purpose of the brethren at this place to constitute a Baptist church at this place. And by their request, the deacons from Phil Campbell Baptist Church have met with the brethren, names of the brethren that form the Presbytery, Reverend H.T. Kemp, moderator, J.W. Truitt, clerk, T.M. Smith, N.W. Mayhall, and Brother John Farr. Some of you may know their families. After organizing the Presbytery, those who gave their letters, became charter members of the church, were as follows. Brother J.W. Spear, an ordained preacher, his wife Hannah Spear, and a daughter Effie Spear. Brother J.T. Marson, an ordained deacon, his wife, Sister Julia Marson, and their daughter, Eula Marson. Brother E.M. Spear, Sister Ollie Smith. Brother R.M. Austin, his wife, Sister Cora Austin. Brother C.B. Messer and his wife, Sister Lizzie Messer. That's Francis Wilburn's grandmother and grandfather. And great, great over here, right? Great. Grand, grandmother and granddad. Okay, thank you for the correction. Um, the next thing was to name the church. A move and a second to name it Mountain View was carried unanimously. Now, when I first came here as pastor, I had someone to ask me a question. Charlie Thompson asked me, why did they change the name of our church? It used to be called Spears Chapel. And I said, well, I don't know. Let me see what I can find out. And so, Brother Frank, we, we found these original minutes. And so, it never was named Spears Chapel. It was named Mountain View Baptist Church. But people would say, where do you go to church? Well, I go there at Spears Chapel. That's where the school was. That's the community. And they just referred to the church, continued to refer to the church as Spears Chapel. But it was always named Mountain View Baptist Church. Moot, the name carried unanimously, moved and carried to elect officers and the pastor. Uh, Reverend J.W. Austin was unanimously elected to serve as pastor for the rest of the year and Brother J.T. Morrison, church clerk. The next thing was to select a meeting day, the third Sunday and Saturday. Now, they had church on Saturday, the third Saturday, and the third Sunday. Came, came day after day, Saturday, next day, Sunday. That was chosen of each month. 
The next thing in order was to open the doors of the church for the reception of members, and none was received. The clerk was called on to read the minutes, move to adjourn was in order, the order carried. May God's richest blessings be on this church, Reverend H.T. Count, moderator, and J.D. Truitt, the clerk. Amen. Now, as I begin to think back about 95 years, I'm wondering to myself, <clears throat> I mean, how can we continue a ministry for 95 more years? What did they do that we need to be aware of? What did they do that would help us to continue in this ministry for 95 years. So I jotted down some things I saw in their lives, and I pray that it'll be in ours also, not only ours only, but also our children and their children and their children's children. Because I've said this before, we're just one generation away from closing the doors on our church. And I see it happening all the time. Now, I jotted down some things. I'm going to mention those, just elaborate on them, and then we'll move on. Number one, things I feel like we must continue in ministry until the Lord comes. First of all, there must be a vision. There must be a vision. The Bible says without a vision, the people do what? They perish. Without a vision, the people perish. And so I thank God that a small group of people Twelve in all became members of that church after that meeting. A small group of people, twelve, about the number, the same number of the disciples. Small group of people, twelve, in Spears Chapel community had a vision to build a church in their community. And I thank God that J.W. Spears and Miss Hannah and C.B. and Miss Lizzie Messer and others felt compelled by God to start a church. I don't know what was discussed around their dinner table, but they felt compelled. They had a vision. We need a church in our community. They only had 12 original members, but at the end of September of 1924, three and a half years later, God had already blessed that congregation with 49 members. So the vision is beginning to, to come to fruition. They had a vision. One of my favorite preachers that preached here over the years was a preacher by the name of Brother C.L. Brown. Most people knew him as Charlie Brown, and he had a little red-headed wife by the name of Molly. Brother Brown was here on two occasions. Brother Brown had a vision. First thing he did, he bought a set of offering plates. Amen, what a vision, right? Great preacher. Called of God, I can tell Bought a set of offering plates. We kept those offering plates, and, and they were destroyed during the tornado. But he, bought a, he himself bought a set of offering plates, purchased them. In 1946, he led the church in sending $2 to the corporate program. They got involved in the corporate program. Then they set up a monthly salary for the pastor, $12 a month. Don't y'all get any ideas whatsoever. <laughs> In 1947, they started to have a.m. and p.m. services every Sunday. In 1947, this is a vision of a pastor. In 1947, 
they started taking part in the Brother Jerome in the annuity program, paying toward the pastor's retirement. In 1948, they built and installed new benches, and those benches were made, constructed, put together in the front yard of the church building. In 1949, they received a deed from the Spear family for one acre of land in order to have a church cemetery. And during his tenure, 38 people came to know Christ as Lord and Savior of their lives. Brother Charlie Brown had a vision. He had a vision. And I thank God that every morning when I get up, I still have a vision for Mountain View Baptist Church. And the day that that wanes, the day that that leaves me, is the day that I'll be leaving. You've got to have a vision. The church has to have a vision. Usually the church's vision is brought on by the pastor's vision. And I thank God that the pastors before had a vision, and I pray that those that come behind me will also have a vision. So if Mountain View is going to continue until the Lord comes, the pastor in the church must have a vision. Number two, I jotted down, we must demonstrate our faith. You know, without faith, the Bible says it's impossible to please God. It's impossible to please God. God demands his people to have faith. He demands us to have faith. Faith is an extraordinary trust in God. It's not like jumping off a cliff and hoping you don't get hurt. Faith is an extraordinary trust in God. Faith is believing God. Faith is doing what God says. Leaving the result to God. We may not all understand it, but we are to do it, leave the result to Him. I can remember, let me just show you a few pictures about, let's look at the first picture there. And the first picture should be our previous building before we built the one in 95. You have that on there, Joel? There it is. That's our, that was the building when I came here. That was a building right after the, uh, the, uh, uh, the one-room schoolhouse. And, um, and so that, that was Mountain View Baptist Church. God started blessing, and we ran out of room, and, and uh, we, we were going to have to build another building. And all of a sudden, our budget was going to double overnight. And we began to wonder, can we really do this? Let's go to another slide, Joel. <clears throat> There's a picture of the parking lot before we rebuilt that other, before we built that other building. And that building inside would seat about 120 people if the choir stayed in the choir loft. And it was obvious we could stay the same or we could go ahead and step out in faith and build another building in order to meet the needs of ministry and to meet the needs of the people. Let's look at the next. That was a groundbreaking service that day. You might recognize uh, some there, maybe too distant. I don't know, somewhat clear. There's Ralph Beggenbach. He's got a shovel over on the right. He's everywhere. He's just everywhere all the time. But he, he's got the shovel. Let's look at another, Joel. Let me tell you about this, these two doors. Tell you what happened. I was praying I'd been here about 17 years at that time, and I was praying, 
And I wanted to leave so bad because I'm not a builder. And I was over here praying one night, Fellowship Hall, Little Fellowship Hall, been there several years, over 30 years, and, um, and it had cabinet doors across the top. Some of you remember this. And it later became our nursery, so you can see how small it was. It, could see, it had six tables, three on one side, three on the other side. We put our food on one side. We ate on the other side. Then we went into some Sunday school rooms. And at one end, it had a row of cabinets and a sink and a refrigerator but I was praying one night and I said Lord I, I want to leave I really do we're fixing to vote on this building I've heard all these war stories about churches and preachers having to leave and we've had a good ministry here and a lot of preachers just come and they build a church first thing they do build a church send one of them here send me somewhere else I don't even know how to read a router that good and he said well, you're not building it <laughs> he said I'm building it. it's about midnight I said, I really want to know if that's what we should do or not. And I kept praying and looking up and praying and looking up, and I prayed. I looked up and was just meditating, and God ingrained two churches on those cabinet doors. You see that big church? You see that little church? Never, never was noticed, never was brought to my attention before. I don't know what God wrote, you know, I don't know what Peter wrote on the rock. But I know what God put on some cabinet doors if no, for nobody's benefit but for mine. And God said this, it's not for you to worry about how it's going to be done, it's for you to do the work. And so after that, we decided to build that building. Let's go to another slide. So there's our groundbreaking. Enlarge the place of your tent Stretch your tent, curtains wide, do not hold back. Lengthen your cords, strengthen your stakes, for you will spread out to the right and to the left. Isaiah 54, 2 through 3. Let's look at another shot, George. And so we took the front porch off. And you know, I came over that morning, and that front porch was gone, and I'm thinking, this is serious stuff now. It's, it's going to be hard to explain why the porch is missing. If we we got to follow through with it. porch is gone, you know. So anyway, let's look at the next, next shot. And then we were underway, and then the next shot should be an aerial view, perhaps. There it is. And that was, of course, for the tornado in 2011, and it was connected to that other building. I'm going to tell you something. We were able to pay off that building 15 years in advance. The budget doubled. Yeah, give the Lord a round of applause. He did that. Nothing that we, the only thing we did was we did what we felt like the Lord was telling us to do. And I remember I went out one day and this guy stopped me and this is what he said to me. I need to ask you a question. He said, how are we going to pay for this church? I said, I have no idea. And he, and I was serious and he looked at me. And I said, well, raise your right hand. And he did, he raised his right hand. I said, now put it right back here. Right here, that's how we're going to do it. I said, it's our job to do what God's will is, and it's God's will to bring it about. And God's will for us to do it, and then God took care of it. Faith is knowing God's will, listen, and trusting God. Remember Peter walking on that water? What was God's will? For him to walk on the water. What did he do? He stepped out of the boat. God provided a platform. 
God provided him the opportunity to walk on that water, and he was doing just fine doing what the Lord wanted him to do until he began to take his eyes off Jesus and begin to look at some other things. And then he began to sink. We just got to stay focused on Jesus, knowing what his will is, and as long as we're attempting to do his will as best as we know how, he's going to take care of the project. Let's look at another one. There's the front of that other building, another one. There's the inside at Friend Day, another one. Then something happened. Terrible thing happened. The tornado just run through those, Joel. There's the cemetery. There were 10 tombstones out of 185 standing after that tornado. Let's look at another one. There's the inside, another one. And then those are the people that are left. They came the Saturday after, or Sunday after Wednesday, Wednesday tornado. A little over 300 people gathered on that parking lot, first service after that tornado. Now, what are we going to do? I had people say, y'all going to build back? I said, sure, we're going to build back. I mean, we've been here 91 years at that time. Why would we not build back? Why would we pick up and leave? We didn't know what we was going to build. We didn't know how we was going to build, but we knew it was God's will to build back. Go ahead, Joel. And so for 95 years, we've been a church reaching out to all people. We went ahead and built back. God provided a way. God provided the means. He's providing the means. And so to keep the door open and to minister in the kingdom, first, you've got to have a vision. Second, we've got to demonstrate our faith. Demonstrate our faith. Third thing I jotted down, we have to love God with all of our heart, soul, and mind. Now, just remember this. Your life, let me say it this way, your love for God will be demonstrated in three ways. It'll be demonstrated in your attendance. It'll be demonstrated in your service, and it'll be demonstrated in your stewardship. First, it'll be demonstrated in your attendance. If you love God with all your heart, soul, and mind, it'll be demonstrated in your attendance with the body of Christ. David said, I was glad when they said unto me, let us go into the house of the Lord. If you love the Lord with all of your heart, soul, and mind, you won't forsake the assembling of yourself together. You'll have a, a horseshoe. Well, you'll have a short a horseshoe attendance. We built a parking lot out here years ago, concrete parking lot. We had to cut twenty-two trees, huge trees, and went over by one of those trees for the cut it and standing there looking around. And there was a horseshoe. And I got to looking at that horseshoe, and I got to thinking, somebody loved the Lord so much that they would hitch up a wagon on Sunday morning, Saturday and Sunday, hitch up a wagon, get mom and the kids loaded in the wagon, take a wagon ride ever how far to the church, stop and pick up neighbors along the way and put them in the wagon, and come on to church. They would, they would hitch up old Betsy. And now today we can't even crank up old Betsy. 
and come to church. We got too many things to do. But that generation prior to us loved the Lord with all their heart, soul, and mind. And they went to extremes, extremes to get here to worship the Lord God. So don't tell me that you love God and you don't attend church. Your love for the Lord will be demonstrated in your attendance. Number two, your love for the Lord will be demonstrated in your service. When you serve, you demonstrate your love for God. Out on the Welcome Center, you'll find a little blue form, places where you can serve in Mountain View Baptist Church. Many have turned those in. Some of you have Those that came before us were willing to serve. That's why we exist today. They were willing to go up and not flip on the air, but they were willing to go up and stoke up a fire in that one-room schoolhouse where they could have church. Don't tell me how much you love God when you refuse to use your spiritual gifts. You say, well, Brother Sammy, it's not fun anymore. I'm tired. Can you hear Paul saying that? I've got this burnout going, Jesus. Can you hear Paul praying and talking about burnout? You see, it's not fun anymore. God's looking for people who are willing to serve him when the fun's taken out of it. God's not looking for excuse makers, but he's looking for servants. Because in the final analysis of things, he either will say, well done, thy good and faithful servant, or nothing at all. Your love for God will be reflected in your service. Number three, real quick. It'll be reflected in your stewardship. The oldest record of our total giving was, I found a, a book in 1937. And the pastor's salary was $18 a year. What was so ironic, the visiting preacher got 20 and I'm thinking, now that pastor should have resigned and came back and visited every Sunday and preached. <laughs> Come out a little bit. 1978, when I came here, our total receipts was $21,860 for the year. We had to have $420 a week. Our total receipt, our total requirement now, we have to have $5,749 a week. But remember this. It all belongs to God anyway. Malachi 3.10. Listen to what God's word says. I believe it's on the screen. Malachi 3.10. Bring you all the tithes into the storehouse that there may be meat in my house and prove me, test me. Herewith, saith the Lord of hosts, if I will not open you the windows of heaven and pour you out a blessing that there's not be enough room for you to receive it. Can you believe that? Less than 10% of people of God tithe today. And there's a promise he's made if you'll just do it. No wonder you don't have enough to go around. Now, I took this challenge, Judy and I did, over 40 years ago. And I don't regret it one bit. 
In a month or so, we're going to be receiving our pledge toward our building debt. I'm going to go ahead and warn you. And I want you to be praying about renewing your pledge, increasing your pledge, or taking part for the very first time in that pledge. Our original commitment was to raise $300,000 in three years. If you remember, we did that in about less than three months. And we're going to be asking all members of Mountain View Baptist Church to prayerfully consider what they can give toward our building debt. Why is that? In order where we can continue for 95 more years as Mountain View Baptist Church. And we can do that if we're just faithful in biblical stewardship. So in order to continue ministry, we must have a vision, demonstrate our faith, love the Lord God with our heart, soul, and mind. It'll be reflected, manifested in our attendance and our service and in our giving. And then, number four, we have to be actively involved in evangelism and discipleship. Our faith family, for over the past 95 years, has sought to fulfill the Great Commission. I made a commitment to the Lord when I first came here. To, to Matthew 28, 19, and 20. Lord, I'm going to see that we carry that out as a church. And we've done our best to do that. We've been limited at times. I can remember we went to Nicaragua the year of the tornado and was criticized very strongly by people in the church that we had went on a mission trip. We are just trying to do what the Lord wanted us to do. Then I committed to, to teach and to train as pastor, disciple our church. And so we've, we've been internationally to Guam, to Guatemala, to Romania, to Nicaragua. Brother Mike Norton is there today in Nicaragua trying to work out a water supply for a little village. We've tried that. We've been doing that. And so I, I made a commitment that I would give that my priority. And up until the tornado, we, uh, we tried to maintain our outreach through international work, but through our local work. And it made it difficult throughout our outreach through faith and grow. One of the most difficult things that was for us to do after the tornado was to maintain a ministry and outreach. Trying to maintain ministry and trying to build a building at the same time is difficult. But due to a number of factors, a lot not under our control, it's taken a long time to get our grow and Sunday school outreach started, but... Uh, I have our leaders selected now for our, our GROW outreach teams. Rita got our, our team manuals typed this past week. We've got to put those together. We have all of our forms ready to go. Next week, we'll be asking you, you'll find prospect cards in your chairs for GROW. And so GROW outreach should start up after the summer vacation, and we'll be full swing in GROW again right after our GROW banquet. But I appreciate you doing personal evangelism. Although, you know, we, we haven't had a planned outreach ongoing, the majority of us have been discipled enough to the point that we can share the gospel to anyone, anywhere, at any time. And so we need to continue to do that. Don't forget, from our very beginning, 95 years ago, we are a whosoever will church. Please remember that. We believe in unlimited atonement that Christ died for everybody. We believe that man is a sinner, but he's not dead enough that he can't hear a holy God when he speaks to him and calls him to salvation. We believe that salvation 
is in Jesus Christ and Him alone. And those who are willing to call on Him and ask Him to forgive them and they repent and turn to Him and place their faith in Him, if they call on Him, they'll be saved according to Acts 3.19, Ephesians 2.8, and Romans 10, verse 13. So today, we've got a lot to be thankful for. 95 years of ministry brought on by a vision, brought on by demonstrated faith, brought on by a love for God with all of our heart, soul, and mind, trying to uphold the Great Commission, fulfill the Great Commission. And then let me just say this, having a willingness to be in unity has gone a long way. Having a willingness to be in unity. We always try to be unified. We may not always get our way. You know, someone said years ago, not all Baptists, well, all Baptists have their say, but not all Baptists have their way. And we try to come together and stay, love each other and stay unified. And I pray that we'll always remember how good God has been to us. Since 1921, 95 years ago today, this fellowship of believers has been reaching out to all people. And because of this, others have come to perch in our branches. I thank God for that. I've asked our uh, praise team to come lead us in a song. Let's stand together. I want you to, want you to, uh, to sing. We were going to sing, We Will Remember. We've got a lot to remember, to be thankful for, and uh, what God has done in our church's lives, in our lives. And so I want you to think about this as we sing. And there's a part in the middle of this song where it says, We will shout, Our God is good. You need to shout that if you believe it. If you don't believe it, don't shout it. But I'm going to shout it because God is good. and He's been good to us here. And so let's sing this song. And I want to hear you worship and think about this as we sing. Here we go. We will remember. We will remember. We will remember the works of your hands. We will stop. And give you praise for great is thy faithfulness. We will remember, we will remember, we will remember the works of your hands. We will stop and give you praise for great is thy faithfulness you're our creator our life sustainer deliverer our comfort our joy throughout the ages you've been our shelter our peace in the midst of the storm with signs and wonders, you showed your power. With precious blood, you showed.
You've been our helper, our liberator, the giver of life with no end. Let me hear you sing. Here we go. We will remember, we will remember, we will remember the works of your hands. We will stop and give you praise for great is thy faithfulness. When we walk through life's darkest valley, we will look back at all. Here we go. You better shout. You believe it. And we will shout. Our God is good. And he is the faithful one. Hallelujah. Here we go. this last verse. Here we go. I still remember the day you saved me, the day I heard you call out my name. You said you'd love me, would never leave. just for a moment okay let's pray just for a minute father thank you for an opportunity we have just to reflect this morning on 95 years there's no way we cover your goodness your faithfulness in that period of time and so thank you just for reminding us god you've brought us through so much and i love you for that and so help us when we say we love the lord god with all of our heart soul and mind to just to mean what we say and so, Father, I thank you in how you've added to the body 
Lord, over the years, there are many that came before us. They're out in that cemetery, and they've left us to carry on, and we'll be leaving it with someone else. And so we know, Lord, we'll leave it in good hands. And so I pray for every person here today. I pray for those who are here who have never trusted you as Lord and Savior of their life. I pray they'll come. My goodness, what a time to give their heart to Christ. I pray they'll do that as you call them. You've called them through the gospel. You're calling them by your Holy Spirit. And I pray they'll say yes today. I pray for the Christian who needs to be more committed. I lift them up to you. I pray for those who need to make a decision in regards to their membership and serving you and serving you here, if that's your will. Wherever your will is for them to be, that's where you want them to be. And so, Father, I pray that today you'll speak to hearts. Thank you for what you're going to do during this invitation time. And we make this prayer in Jesus' name. Amen. While you're standing, Terry's going to leave.